Welcome to the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio. I'm your host, Katie Appled. I'm the executive director of Do More Good and Nonprofit Hub. One of my favorite job duties is hosting this podcast. Each week, I get to talk to nonprofit leaders, influencers, and innovators who are changing the sector. You see, we know that you're already doing good. We've designed this podcast to help nonprofits who are doing good to find new ways and new resources to grow. So tune in weekly, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. We look forward to helping you move from good to growth. We'd like to thank today's sponsor of the Good to Growth podcast, GiveEffect. GiveEffect is a nonprofit software that allows nonprofit organizations to manage donors, volunteers, events, and fundraising, memberships, grants, and email marketing, all in one place. With GiveEffect, you can enjoy a 360-degree view of all your nonprofit activities and forget about manual work. Bring all of your teams together with easy-to-use software that combines 10 systems in one. Visit GiveEffect.com to learn more. Of all the questions we get at Nonprofit Hub, I would say one of the most common is about grant writing. And it's not any specific question, it's a hundred questions about the grant writing process, what to expect, how to stand apart, um, and how to find the right opportunities. So today I'm talking to Gary Manglik of Instrumental. So Instrumental is a grant writing database. They actually help nonprofits find the right opportunities. And Gari is a grant writing expert. She's going to answer all of our questions about how to connect with foundations, whether we need to do that ahead of the LOI or after. That's when I want to make sure I ask. And also how to make sure our proposal stands apart. There is a ton of funding out there, but there are also over 1 million nonprofits avidly seeking ways to get it. So let's make sure that you're not wasting your time and you're maximizing every opportunity to get that grant. Let's get started. Gary, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit. Tell us about Instrumental, about how you help nonprofits, um, and a little bit about how you got into grant writing. Sure. Yeah. Um, So Instrumental is a platform for nonprofits and grant writing consultants, and we help uh, those folks do everything end-to-end with grants. So everything from prospect research to managing your pipeline to collaborating with your team and reporting. And we're now even getting into the post-awards uh, kind of tracking component. So everything related to grants, we can help you with and streamline that process. Um, and I came to this, came to grant writing and the grant writing world from more of a product and technology lens. Uh, my two co-founders were from the space. They worked in development. They were using all the different tools that were out there and they really felt like there wasn't something that truly solved their problems. And so I joined from more of like the for-profit tech space and I was really excited to bring a lot of the um, product and customer focus that I saw there into the nonprofit software market. And so we joined forces and built Instrumental. How long ago was that? That was originally back in 2015, 2016. So it's been some time. And the original version of Instrumental was quite different. It started off as a crowdfunding platform for female scientists and then evolved itself uh, both from a customer focus, like that changed as well as a product. And now we have the SaaS platform for nonprofits. 
Well, I'm a big fan. Um, however, it got to be where it is today. It's cool. What you've developed is Thanks. needed. And I think it's a great resource. So grant writing is probably one of the topics we get the most questions about. And I think a lot of nonprofits see it as like, um, I'm thinking of Monopoly, the um, free parking. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're going to get a grant and they're going to be golden for a few years. They're going to, you know, be fully funded. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of an illusion. Um, totally. how, talk to us a little bit about what a grant's real intention is and how nonprofits should get started. Yeah, I think that um, I, I guess I'll start off by saying that grants can definitely be more of an advanced fundraising strategy. And I don't necessarily recommend it. Um, and, you know, feel free to chime in here. I don't necessarily recommend it for organizations that are, it might not be the right strategy for you um, when you're just getting started. It could be if you have the experience and you've like committed yourself to grants, um, but it can often make sense to get started with other forms of fundraising and kind of work up your way to grants um, because of a couple of reasons. Um, one, uh, you're going after institutions as opposed to individuals. So um, that institutions can sometimes be, unfortunately, a bit more risk averse. They also are tending to give out larger sums of money than than an individual who might be giving you ten dollars. They might be giving you, you know, ten thousand dollars, a hundred thousand um, dollars. And then the second is that you also want to make sure that your organization, just in general, has the capacity and like the overall grant readiness to be successful if you were to win a grant. Um, so I guess I'd start I'd start with that. And then in terms of being successful with grants overall, there's a lot to say to, to say on that topic. But I'll let you help us stay focused on what would be most helpful. Well, the other thing that we hear is that there's just, there's so much out there. I mean, there are yeah. so many grant opportunities, but I, I think a lot of nonprofits um, don't realize like, you know, there's a lot out there, but not everything's a great fit and oh, yeah. how time intensive it can be to go for these opportunities. How can they find the ones that are the right fit and you know, how do we recognize when something's not, not for us? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that's important is to make sure that you're actually looking at a comprehensive set of data, a comprehensive set of all of the potential opportunities. If you only look at the grants that happen to come across your desk in a more ad hoc way, then your overall strategy is not going to be as strong. So you want to make sure you're considering the full pool of options to start. Um, and then from there, Ideally, you, you know, you're, you're using a system so it's not like you're going through literally every single grant that's available to you, you know, in the location that you're based. And there's some sort of smart matching that's taking into account your, um, your organization as a whole and your programs and then the, the funders programs or the funders um, preferences as well and doing some sort of matching, which is what Instrumental does help with. Um, and then the, the third piece is that you want to make sure you're actually diving deep into the information that's available about the, the funder and the, and the grant program to make sure that there's truly that alignment. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say um, there's a lot of things uh, to look for there. You want to look for um, kind of clear mission alignment um, as a whole. You want to make sure that you don't feel like you're stretching uh, to make the funder kind of fit uh, what, you're, what you're doing. You want to make want to have it feel like more like on the nose and as clear as possible. Um, there's like the stated eligibility criteria that the funder has on their website, but then there's also the implicit eligibility criteria that we talk about that, um, especially for private foundations, you can see that from the goldmine of 990 data that we help, we do help par parse out and a lot of other tools help parse that out as well. Um, but you'll want to look at things like what is the amount of, of money that this funder is giving out? Like, and what types of funders has this funder t funded in the past? Are they similar to your organization? 
they'll have to fill out like a list of those those organizations, their 990 tax filing with a purpose. And so you can actually look through that and get a sense of um, the funders, I would say like implicit preferences, like the things that they might not see on their website. Like one thing that we see all the time is a funder will say on their website, we fund everywhere in the United States. We're totally open. But if you look at who they funded in the past, like 95% of the grants have gone to like California. And so you're like, okay, well, theoretically you're open, but like in reality, I'm not going to prioritize that unless I maybe have like a relationship to that funder. Um, so having that deeper context is really necessary. I'm so glad you said that because I I feel for nonprofits in this because it can be such a time suck. Um, you can go into a black hole of like sorting through grant opportunities. It's it's amazing how much is out there, but it's also amazing how much it gets narrowed down when you actually do have those matching criteria. Are there? So I want to go a little bit deeper on that because I, I get asked this question sometimes. Is there anything you can waver on? So mission seems super critical. You know, you want to look at their their giving objectives, their intent. But what if you aren't in the state that they typically give in? Or what if... Um, what if your organization, maybe this is one I've heard a lot, an organization that will serve anybody but has a Christian purpose and they're going to a secular foundation. Like, mm-hmm. can you have success trying to work around those those elements? My, I guess the first thing I would say is like to, again, take a step back and to first make sure you're prioritizing your efforts on the opportunities that are like, that are more squarely um aligned and so if you've kind of exhausted that and you're kind of trying to expand and like get more creative then I would say my advice is to um actually just try to get in contact with the funder right and so so that you're not making these assumptions I think there could definitely be flexibility on the funders um end and if you're looking reading between the lines about what they care about and you're kind of getting the hunch that maybe they could be open to something that they may not explicitly state that could very well be true but it'd be best if you could somehow get that clarity from the funder and you could, that could be like a quick email or uh, a quick you know, phone call. And I mean, best case scenario is an actual introduction if you can make that happen. So I used to recommend that everybody reach out to the funder ahead of submitting a proposal. Do you, do you agree with that or is that too much? I think that that is 100% what we recommend also. Um, you just have to make sure that you're doing it in a way that like makes sense for the funder based on what the information that they've put out, you know, and like how they want to be them. reached out to. Yeah. <laughs> and you may not, you may not get in touch with the funder, but it's, it's like, there's no reason to never try to get some sort of like clarification that you're actually on the right track, because then that just helps you know that you actually really should like kind of focus your energy on that particular application or that particular relationship. Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Good to Growth podcast. Nonprofit organizations deserve the best technology to thrive in the digital age, and GiveEffect's mission is to provide nonprofits with the best software ever. With GiveEffect, nonprofits can manage donors, volunteers, memberships, grants, and email marketing all in one place, and increase revenue by transforming fundraising pages into events with tickets, peer-to-peer crowdfunding, team fundraising, RSVP, sponsorships, auction, and product sales. Complex reports are quick and simple, and administrative work can take minutes instead of days. Best of all, you can start your free trial today. No credit card is required. Visit giveeffect.com to schedule your personal demo or start your free trial today and judge for yourself. That's giveeffect.com.
Now here's the rest of Katie's conversation with Gary Monglik. So Gary, I love it when I go to a foundation's website and they actually state like how many submissions or how many LOIs they review for each opportunity. So I know if it's like a huge number, like 10,000 or even a thousand, my, my, my odds are going down and it helps me evaluate how much time I'm going to put into that opportunity. Should nonprofits always look for that information and should we always react to it? Or should we just go for it? I think you always want to try to find more information uh, because that can help you uh, have the be- the better strategy. So, for example, if you were to find that a funder um, is very very restrictive in the grants that they're giving out, they only give out like you know small percentage, um, then you might want to rely more on relationship building, right? But if a funder is like very open to new grantees and you're not able to like get in touch with them, then you might say, okay, well it's still worth it because I know that to like kind of apply cold because of what this funder's past giving preferences have looked like. Um, one of the things that we um, we have on Instrumental is this concept called openness to new grantees, mm-hmm. and so we we can actually look at when you like parse out the nine ninety data, we can tell you. Um, basically how open this funder is to give uh, to giving to new grantees versus repeat grantees. So we'll tell you like in 2020 or in 2021, you know, 50% of their grants went to new grantees or like, you know, 5% of their grants went to new grantees or 90% of their grants went to new grantees, which is less common. Um, and then the other thing that's cool is we'll also tell you like for the award amount, like what is, how is it different from repeat grantees versus new grantees? So you can also get a sense of like for, from a new grantee perspective, like how long does it take to build up that relationship for for a higher grant amount that will maybe make the ROI make sense in the longer term. Um, but oh, yeah. So valuable. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love that. Openness yeah. to new grantees. Okay. So say we find the golden opportunity or batch of opportunities. What can, what can nonprofits do to really set their proposal apart? Assuming mm-hmm. we're applying to one of those that's getting, you know, hundreds or thousands of, of submissions. Yeah, the number one thing we touched on, uh, and it's that is that you've reached out and you've you've made some sort of effort to like build a relationship. I think even if a even if the funder has heard from you over like a quick email or phone call, and and they've like said that you're relevant to some degree, that is going to be probably the number one recommendation because if you're you know empathizing with the funder and you're going through funders going through like a hundreds or you know thousands of applications, um, that's going to really help them um, have more context on yours. Um, I'd say the other couple of things that I would recommend um, are um, really coming from a position of strength overall, right? Like ideally you've done a lot of legwork to get to this point where you're like requesting funds Um, and the funding should be a no brainer for them because of the need that you're solving and the outcomes that you've seen in the past from the work that you've done. So, um, so, and if you have that, then I think from your overall kind of positioning um, it should come from, it should, it should essentially be like a no brainer. Um, for the funder. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is like, it's just clear and concise writing. There's a tool that I, I love called the Hemingway app. You can kind of post sections of your grant application onto it and it'll tell, it'll kind of grade sentences to just make sure that it's like easy to read and understand. And again, if you're empathizing with that funder reading like the 20th application that day, you want to make sure that you're not getting missed out just because um, it's hard for them to really get the impact of the words because the writing is not clear enough. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I use Grammarly because it's free for nonprofits, but same thing, like help me clean this up. Um, That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really is a relational beast. I mean, people, 
people give to people, even in, in the, the grant writing realm. Um, okay. So what are some common mistakes? Assuming we've made the relationship, we know we're a good fit and we're ready to submit a proposal. What are some things that you think nonprofits often miss or maybe carry out poorly? I think from an overall um, kind of systems perspective, I would say that some things that they kind of miss is that um, is they'll come in and this is, you know, some of these things are true and to some degree, but, but also there's, there's an, there's like an edge to it. Um, a lot of people say grants are a numbers game and that's definitely true, right? Like quantity is important. If you apply for one grant a year, you could only possibly win one grant a year. Um, but sometimes people take that too far um, and they really don't invest in making sure they have the system in place to overall have a feedback loop to make their process better and become a better potential like grant recipient for these funders. Um, so investing in things like the quality of your writing, making sure you have a strategy, uh, making sure you have a system to like track your pipeline and, and incorporate that feedback and, and relation and then also relationship building. So um, you want to make sure you have that set up, which may make may mean that you apply for fewer grants. But again, if you're really making sure that the grant is, is aligned and the funder is aligned and you're not stretching at all um, and you're really focusing on those fewer ones, um, that that's what, that's what my recommendation would be. Um, I think the other one is more for like newer grant seekers. I would say that like a common misconception is similar to the grants being a numbers game is that grants are sometimes with copywriting. I find that um, or just like, like marketing writing because anyone can technically do it. You might underestimate like how hard it is to actually do it really well. Yeah. And I feel the same with grants. Like any, you can technically read the application and like write the grant proposal. And, and so you might think that it's kind of easy, but it actually is surprisingly like challenging. Like you actually need some, some degree of specialized knowledge. It's worth taking a class or working with a, with somebody that's done it before, even like asking your friends and really making sure that you're not going into it totally blind. It's, um, it's amazing. We put out a grant writing basics course, probably about three, two, three months ago. And the demand for that, um, for that knowledge, because I think a lot of nonprofits realize when they get a couple rejections, they're like, oh, shoot, this is, this is more complicated yeah. than, than what I expected. I love that you touched on coming at it from a position of strength too, because I had, um, this is interesting timing. This just came to mind. I was meeting with a foundation head a few, a few weeks ago, and she was telling me about organizations that kept, um, kind of coming in with a, a woe is me case. Mm -hmm. Um, so they were, they were looking for gap funding or they were simply complaining about, mm -hmm. you know, how lean their organization is, how little capacity and, you know, her perspective was we're okay with gap funding to a certain degree, but we want to further things that are working, not try to fix things that aren't. Mm -hmm. And so I totally agree with what you said, like come at it from a position of, of strength and change making and that's valuable yeah. advice. Yeah. And I think that if you feel like you're, like you're not able to do that, then that's an area to invest more time, right? Like what is it yeah. about the programs or the way that it's set up or the way that the team is set up that is going to actually have you be able to feel confident that it is a no-brainer to fund you. Um, yeah, because yeah. money doesn't always fix things. In fact, most of the time it doesn't. Right. Okay. Um, 
We have a segment in the program that we always feature, and we ask our expert for a bit of good news for the nonprofit sector. So I'd love to hear what you have to share. It can be, it can have to do with grant writing or it cannot. I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, well, I have a couple of things here related to grant writing that um, hopefully add some optimism to considering grants as a strategy for you or to maybe like double down on that strategy. And that's foundation giving overall has increased every year since 2013, which is cool. And then especially in 2020, there was just more nonprofits that applied for grants than ever before and more nonprofits that won grants. So with COVID and a lot of the things that are going on in the world that are more, you know, external things that are affecting a lot of individual donors, you might feel reluctant uh, to go after an individual who is similarly not in a great place. Um, But you know, funders that have deeper pockets, these are the organizations, these are the, the entities that really should be stepping up. And it's been exciting to see that they actually are. Um, and then the other bit of good news, and this is, we're still early days here, but I'm starting to see, you know, a bit more loosening of grant restrictions, um, a bit more of like kind of trust-based philanthropy where funders are able to like move a bit faster, really feel like they can kind of trust the organization to know what they actually need. Um, so So that's been cool. And then the other piece is a bit more of a focus on diversity and inclusion in their grant making, especially since the Black Lives Matter movement a a while ago. Um, There's been more of a focus on that in philanthropy overall. So related to COVID, um, I know a lot of organizations got funding from foundations that they didn't previously have a relationship for because there were new pockets, new programs that opened up specifically to address COVID-related needs. Should those nonprofits be prepared to now go back to those foundations for program-related needs that aren't maybe COVID-related or aren't impacted by COVID? Like, can we consider that the relationship has started, or should they maybe verbally check back first? Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's definitely going to be specific to the funder. I would always err on the side of like over communicating, yeah. right? So, so if you have your foot in the door with your initial kind of COVID relief grant, that's great. Um, but you want to see, you know, there's some alignment there in terms of what the funder cares about and what your organization does. And you'd want to work with the funder to see how you can continue to get funding for them beyond COVID. Definitely. Okay, Gary, thank you so much. This is a ton of wisdom, um, a ton of great tips for our, our audience. How how can they follow you? Can they follow you on LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Uh, and you can um, you know, check out our website, www.instrumental.com. It's spelled instrument and then the letter L.com. We will make sure to um, put all of those links in the podcast notes so you can check it out. Thanks, yeah, awesome. Gary. Cool. Thanks, Katie. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Gari. If you are depending on grant funding or looking to get started with grant funding, basically if grants are anywhere on your radar, I would encourage you to check out our grant writing basics class. This is something new we added um, recently, about two months ago, in partnership with Teresa Huff, who is an acclaimed grant writer. This class is over 40 lessons, but they're short, They're concise, they're bite-sized nuggets that teach you how to write a grant and successfully curate relationships with foundations and then help them to grow. I cannot recommend this course enough. Um, It's super affordable. It's discounted with a Cause Network membership. And of course, if you become a Cause Network expert, you get a free certificate course. 
So check that all out. Um, course information can be found under the courses tab at nonprofithub.org. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For more tools, tips, and techniques on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio.